Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Today, I am going to talk about some social media updates, and I'm going to pass it off to my amazing best friend, Brooke J. Lacey, who's going to give you some tech tips. Uh, And we are all about transforming your social today. So uh, anyone who hasn't heard my segment, I love to go through. I always have about five new updates, and I just like to talk about them. So I will give you the new updates, and then uh, I'll get your all of your opinions on it what you think, how this is going to change things, and all of that fun stuff. So make sure that you guys are getting some people in this room. And just a reminder that we are here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to, I think it's 8 p.m. now, Eastern, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to noon on Saturday. And then, of course, we have our Club 111 Worship worship service on Sunday. And if you ever miss a segment or you want to re-listen to some of your favorite episodes, you can download the Breakfast with Champions podcast and listen anytime. So head on over to breakfastwithchampions.live to grab the link and subscribe to the podcast, as well as see what all the other things that we have going on. We've got Facebook pages, LinkedIn pages, Instagram pages, Twitters. So make sure that you are connecting with us when wherever you are. So my name is Kelsey Stark. I am the owner of Stark Media Group. Happy to give you your uh, social media updates for the week. So first off, LinkedIn has come out saying that they are committing $25 million to its creator accelerator program. So they are taking up to 100 US-based creators and they'll participate in a 10-week incubator style program, uh, which they will receive a built-in creator network, coaching, different networking opportunities, and they will be taught how to uh, build content specifically for LinkedIn. So they're gonna have different opportunities to be featured on the channel, as well as a grant of $15,000 each to help them build their community, share their content, and spark different conversations. If you are interested in um, 
applying for this. They are taking applications online until Tuesday, October 12th. Uh, and we all know that LinkedIn is the business social media platform. So I would love to hear if anybody is on LinkedIn, utilizing LinkedIn. Do you think that you're going to want to try to apply to be part of the 100 that are going to be in this incubator um, and get the grant to start those conversations? But before I get your opinions on that, I also want to note that they're going to be um, – doing a new clubhouse style feature within their platform. So it's no surprise. We all know social audio has really become quite the hit. We all love clubhouse. So I'm very intrigued to hear if anybody is already on LinkedIn, if they are going to be more present on LinkedIn now due to this creator accelerator program and the new social audio that they're adding. Uh, and what do you think, how do you think this is going to push your networking opportunities forward and your business? So I'd love to open the floor up to anybody who has comments on that. Hey, Kelsey, Tia. Um, I find this uh, very intriguing. Uh, and thanks for the share. I use LinkedIn right now. I have a pretty, um, you know, large network that I don't interact with enough. Um, and I think that social audio, um, as I've been podcasting for many, many years um, with the social lab, is, is effective. I've grown a, a large audience. Um, and so leveraging those type of tools, right, with LinkedIn, where there are just, oh, it's 100% business people there. Um, unlike Facebook, unlike IG, you know that there's business people there. So I, I find this great. And for me, I, I see it just growing and enhancing uh, relationships, right, um, within my network, um, strengthening the connections, um, just like Clubhouse, right? I mean, th these are dynamic connections we've been able to establish and strengthen through social audio. So uh, great information. And I, I think this is, I think can only help TM and I'm complete for now. Yeah, TM, I think that's a really great point because one of the things that we talk about pretty frequently is the authenticity of someone's voice, right? I can Google something, I can copy and paste, I can throw a filter on a photo, I can do editing in that sense, but there's no way that I can fake who, who I am, what my voice is, and the knowledge base that I have, right? So I think that this is going to be definitely a way that people can connect more authentically. Um, it was inspired by this past year and the fact that a lot of events and people are doing things virtually. Um, but TM, I would love uh, your thoughts on, you know, it's with LinkedIn and then there's so many other social platforms out there. You know, it's always like, oh, I have to make content for yet another thing. But with social audio, it's a lot easier to, you know, put a voice note in a text message as opposed to write a text message out. So do you think that this is, uh, we're going to start to see people populate LinkedIn more with more content because it's easier to create that content? No, absolutely. That, that, that's, that's the right mindset, right? I mean, it, it, it's easier. I mean, it's, e it's easier. I mean, you can record a note. I mean, you, you can pre-record. You know, it made me just think about scheduling. Right. I mean, and scheduling features. And if it's not there yet, um, just like how we can schedule post. Right. I mean, to be able to schedule MP3 drops um, and you said it right. It, it's, it's the authenticity of the voice. It's like a commercial. Right. The commercials, uh, whether we see them or hear them, are impactful um, b because of 
the authenticity, right, of, of what you feel. Um, and voice allows you to feel more effectively. So yes, I, I certainly think that that's going to be the case. Awesome. Thank you so much for that share. Does anybody else want to let weigh in? Are you on LinkedIn? Do you utilize LinkedIn? Are you going to get on it now? I heard somebody on mic. Go ahead. Oh, maybe not. Oh, go ahead, Robert. Yeah. Hi there, Kelsey. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, sure can. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited by this. LinkedIn's my my main platform. I've been using it for over um, for over a decade. And I think why I will be particularly um, interested in this, a lot of my ideal customers are definitely on LinkedIn. For me, Clubhouse has been great for getting to know new people and a global audience, but I'm not really seeing my my ideal avatars on the on, on this app as much. So for, for me, I'm definitely going to be doubling down on LinkedIn audio because I'm in the sort of recruiting lawyers and legal space. And for, for, for me, I can really see a, an engaged audience there that if I position it correctly would be, be super beneficial. So I'm a big advocate for, for LinkedIn, hopefully getting it right. And uh, for me, I'm definitely going to be spending a lot of time there. That's just my personal view and opinion. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Um, so I would love to pose the same question that I had for TM. Do you think that more people are going to get on this app now and that they're going to be able to create these meaningful relationships? Because I know I get, you know, how many messages a day that are trying to solicit me in some way, shape or form. Uh, and I never even read them like I, my inbox is full. But if somebody were to maybe send me an audio message or something like that, I would be intrigued. I'd want to listen to it. So do you think that this new audio feature is going to be able to help populate the platform more, which is obviously what they're trying to do is to bring more people to their platform. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Robert. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I think LinkedIn has obviously had a couple of initial um, attempts with sort of small audio with the, the microphone feature on the profile and the voice notes via the direct messaging. And I think they've been properly received. So yeah, I would hope so that this would actually would help. So uh, I'm watching this space very, very closely. Awesome. Well, Robert TM, thank you so much for weighing in on LinkedIn and their new creator fund. They have committed $25 million to it, and they are going to, starting very soon, roll out with a small group of people, a clubhouse-like audio feature for all of you that just popped in the room. Does anybody else want to weigh on in? All right. We will go to the next topic. All right, number two, Pinterest. We don't talk about Pinterest very much, but they have brought their shopping capabilities to more countries as of Wednesday, yesterday. Uh, so they have launched shopping capabilities to both pinners and merchants. So people can now shop and they can create shops uh, in Austria, Brazil, Italy, Mexico, Netherlands, Spain, and Switzerland. Uh, a direct... Um, quote from Pinterest head of shopping products, Dan Lurie, said, over the years, we've made it possible to go from pin to purchase. Computer vision and visual search enables pinners to recreate a look on a body or in a house. And this was designed to enable inspired shopping. So essentially, what they've created is a little kind of virtual reality where people can uh, put clothes on a body or maybe set up furniture in a house or decorate a wall. And that's the way that they are inspiring people 
to uh, purchase right directly from that pin. So I would love to hear if anybody is on Pinterest, if they're using the shopping capabilities, if maybe you have a product you haven't thought of Pinterest yet, and now this is something that is going to intrigue you and pull you over in that way. And I'd also love to hear from my techies out there. I know my girl Brooke J. Lacey is here. What do you think of the virtual reality aspect, the kind of AI that's being used here? And do you think that other platforms will follow suit with their e-commerce uh, features? So three things to talk about. Would love for uh, some people to weigh in. You can flash your mics if you have an opinion yeah, on it. Oh, go ahead, Brooke. Well, I think that, and we're definitely going to talk about this in the next hour. Um, I'm actually going to do some tech trends. Every time you say that, I'm like, ooh, I might not talk about that. But um, the idea of like mixed reality and augmented reality has kind of been around a while. I think it's just the idea of getting things adapted and getting people comfortable with it. That's always the the challenge in tech is getting people comfortable with it and, and widely adapted. But like, for example, Best Buy, you can go in and say, I want this TV and stand in your living room and point, point your uh, phone at, at the wall and it will literally just show you what it's going to look like. And you can almost measure it, um, which is so lovely. So, I mean, I'm not on Pinterest. I know that it's such a, like, just savage tool. Like, people honestly the traffic that you can that you can generate from pinterest um i can't explain it and I, you know i can't advocate for it enough um so anytime there's there's some sort of like mixed reality augmented reality you can see it now in in like the football games there was one for the panthers that um now there's this big panther that actually runs around so i mean there's so many applications for it um i don't know if that's the right word but you know it's it's a huge thing for you to be able to visualize whatever it is that you're shopping for, or, um, you know, especially if it's, if it's something that's, um, going to be specific to you, uh, having that, having that piece of it is so important. It's just getting it widely, uh, adapted and making sure people are comfortable with it. So it's like really just go in there and play with it and, and get used to it. So I think it's amazing. So Brooke, coming from a tech aspect, how difficult is it to build in these types of things to the plot, these types of features to the platform? And why do you think that, you know, the people like the Facebooks of the world who have all the money and all the, the features, why haven't they incorporated things like this yet? Oh, such a good question. Um, that that's a it's a tricky one without getting super you know super duper technical but it's a great um precursor to what i'm going to talk about in the second half of my segment which is like getting women into tech and and kind of the still the statistics of um why women aren't uh, applying for these jobs and it does go back to this um you know it's it's a new technology even though it's been around a while it, it's still that like becoming widely adapted. I think the Facebooks of the world have um, a, a shorter list or maybe even maybe a longer list before they're going to implement something like this because of their audience. You, we have to speak to our audience. Best Buy is going to immediately 
you know, put this into place because it's a shop because it's shopping. And, and that's really the main thing that, that, that AI, the augmented reality is, and mixed reality is, is doing. Um, so it's, it's really like, it's easy in the sense, you know, I could build this for somebody, but is it needed? Probably not in a mass scale, like it would be for, for just shopping. So it, it is easy. It's costly. Everything comes at a cost. So um, I've built a couple of e-commerce sites. Um, my, my company has that, um, that has sort of implemented this. So there's definitely like, you know, third party proprietary um, systems that will, that will you'll be able to sort of plug in, um, you know, that word is, is used all over the place, but there's literally plugins for WordPress that you can use for that. Um, but having a web developer like myself implement it is, is costly. And is it really necessary for the Best Buys and the Amazons and the, um, you know, the big uh, companies out there? Yes, for sure. But it's a huge uh, expense. And it's just like anything else. It's going to get cheaper and cheaper and easier to do, especially when we get women involved, because women in tech are going to have a much different sort of, um, aesthetically, uh, just a different perspective. So all of you women listening, we're going to talk about how you can get into technology. And even at, at my age at 45, you can still get in and, and talk about it and learn about it and all that. So it's easy. It's just costly. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes at a cost. Huh, Brooke? Thank you for weighing in on the tech aspect. Uh, does anybody here want to say if they uh, are using Pinterest or if now um, that they realize that they can sell in more places and with ease with the computer vision and the visual search uh i would love to hear if anybody's now considering pinterest as a social platform anybody wanna weigh in all right looks like nobody's into pinterest okay no worries Move i think they're just like listening to us because we're so so cool so like <laughs> they just want to listen can i get a mic flash or maybe they're sleeping I'm <laughs> that employee. Kwani's like, yes, I'm here for it. Love all the updates. Kwani, are you on Pinterest? Actually, I am on Pinterest, and I, I've been thinking about um, partaking more on Pinterest. But I'm, I'm also in the tech space. I don't, I don't know if you, if anyone knows or not, but I, I own a startup tech company, and um, I'm creating a social media platform. And um, I got some very interesting things going on. So I know all about the creative process of the technologies and the, what goes into the, the, the software and the, the coding. And so I'm, I'm, deep, I'm deeply entrenched into this. So I'm all about it. I'm trying to turn uh, my city specifically into the Silicon Valley of the Midwest. So I'm all about it. That's awesome, Kwani. I actually had no idea, but I love that you brought that up and I love learning something new every day. Awesome. So uh, yeah, Pinterest is great, especially, you know, not just for this amazing shopping feature, but also for the visibility and the accessibility uh, that it gives you. So anybody who's considering Pinterest, get on it. All right. So just a reminder, you are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. This is the social media show. We are here 
Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., giving you all your social media updates. And did you know that The Breakfast with Champions is not only just on Clubhouse? We have The Breakfast with Champions podcast. Uh, We have Breakfast with Champions pages on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and we want to be there for you wherever you are. So what I want you to do is go to at Breakfast with Champions Club, or you see that B that's right next to Glenn. You can click on that icon and scroll down to the Instagram. It's very easy, two clicks of a button. Uh, So I want you to head over to the at Breakfast with with Champions Club on Instagram and click the link in our bio. And from there, you can follow us anywhere you want to stay connected. And if you are learning anything today or any of the the little tidbits and gems and value bombs and all the fun stuff that we are talking about, if you are learning something, go ahead and snap a photo and tag us at Breakfast with Champions Club. Tag a few of your friends, your mods up here. Uh, and we will most likely reshare it. So we want to hear from you wherever it is that you are. So next up, number three, YouTube opens up about how it recommends videos. So we have seen from Facebook, from Instagram, uh, them talking about this is how our algorithm works, right? We're seeing a lot of transparency when it comes to these social platforms. And now we're seeing it from YouTube. We all know YouTube is the second largest search platform. It is owned by Google. And YouTube is a great way to be found, especially if you can or you have the ability to create these longer form videos. Uh, Or you can do short form video with YouTube shorts that we talked about on Tuesdays. So uh, YouTube is great because if somebody is Googling something, which most of us do, right? Uh, If you notice at the top, YouTube is usually the third thing that comes up. There's some YouTube suggested videos. So this is talking about if you go to YouTube specifically, uh, there's two two ways that they recommend video, whether if you type in youtube.com, what you see on that main page, your home page, we'll call it like the newsfeed, or there's the up next option, which means you've watched a video and now YouTube is serving you up a secondary video that they think that you will be interested in. So YouTube says our recommendation system is built on the simple principle of helping people find the videos they want to watch and that will give them value so they how they recommend these videos are based on four key elements clicks watch time sharing likes and dislikes and survey responses so your clicks are essentially the videos you click on provided that youtube will be a direct indicator that this is something that you're interested in but it's not always the defining uh key point, right? Because you can click on a video and watch a couple of seconds, realize that this is not the video you were looking for. You're not interested in the content, whatever it may be. And then uh, that's why they added in watch time. So watch time, just like it sounds, is the amount of time that you watch each video. So um, YouTube recommends more specific content aligned with your interests. So if you watch 20 minutes of a uh, Wimbledon match, or if you watch 20 minutes of their highlight clips, but then only watch a few minutes of the actual match, they know that you're more interested in the highlight version than what the actual match is, right? So they take into consideration, not just the videos that you click on, but how long you actually watch that video. Uh, Sharing likes and dislikes. I mean, this is kind of standard procedure, I feel like across all the platforms that they 
will see the type of activity. If you like a video, they're more inclined to show you videos that are more like that video. If you dislike a video, that's a signal that you probably don't like that video. And so they're not gonna show you videos that are similar to that one. And then of course, survey responses. Um, these are explicit indicators to YouTube. They do conduct regular surveys to their viewers. Um, so if you watch, let's say the 20 minute highlight reel, YouTube may ask you if you enjoyed that clip or to give it a star rating. Uh, and they will take that specifically into consideration when it comes to what vid other videos they're going to show you. So beyond these factors, they also show you videos based on people who have similar search, click and watch times as you. So we are seeing this transparency across the board when it comes to these social platforms. And it's turning out that although they do have their little nuances, all of these algorithms and search options and everything like that, the rankings are pretty similar. So clicking, watching, liking, comment, sharing, um, and then direct responses, these are all pretty similar across the board. But YouTube does have a little bit more uh, leeway when it comes to watch time because there's a lot of people who watch those longer form videos on YouTube specifically as opposed to the 15 seconds or so that most people are striving to get on uh, social platforms like Facebook and Instagram. So I would love to hear what some people think about the transparency that is being abundantly clear throughout all of the social platforms. Um, how do you feel about your YouTube searches? Do you feel like the videos that you're being served are similar to your likes, dislikes? Um, you know, are they spot on? Are they not spot on? Where are my YouTubers at? I hear somebody flashing. Go, Connie. How you doing? Hey, so what's up, everybody? It's yours truly, Kwani Burks. Um, so in regards to YouTube, I heard someone say the other day that uh, uh, a young lady said, if I need to look up something, I'll just look at it on TikTok. And I know me specifically, um, I go through a few validating factors. I, I just don't watch any video or just go off any information I find on YouTube. I, I cross-reference it amongst uh, a few of my professional peers and uh, from the knowledge I already know. And then uh, the, the people that I've routinely followed, and as, as long as their message is consistent, um, I do a lot of cross-referencing, but the thing is why I'm bringing this up is because I see TikTok as a search engine competitor in its early stages without the validation process. You know, these, these, these um, younger individuals, uh, and, and I'm saying I'm 33, so I, I think that's young and people even younger than me, they don't, their validation is TikTok. If it was on TikTok, it's real. And that's just, that's just what it is. It's just what the world we is I'm living in, the validation of a platform. So as soon as I mention it, as soon as they mention it, it's already validated. Um, so, and that's just the wave of everything. So in regards to YouTube, I, I now focus on more subscribing and clicking the bell so I can stay plugged in with, with validated sources. Um, and I usually don't go over 12, 15 minutes maybe on a video unless it's something that I really need to watch. 
um, it has a lot of details. And then so far as TikTok, I'm looking at TikTok for like short form videos. And if I can't, if I need more, I'm going to YouTube because I, it's probably on YouTube. It's just diced up on TikTok. So that's where I'm at on that. Kwani Burks and uh, speaking for Neon. So, Kwani, um, you say that you go from TikTok, you get intrigued by something, and then you pop over to YouTube for that longer format. So, does that mean that you're not utilizing YouTube shorts? I am utilizing YouTube shorts, but I utilize you. I, I actually use YouTube. To be honest with you, I like YouTube shorts, and I even like TikTok, but... I'm doing certain things on certain platforms, but yeah, I, I, I always get caught up in the YouTube shorts and I, I have been for a while and I actually think it's a good idea to like further push your content. So, um, yes and yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kwani, for popping in. Does anybody else want to weigh in on YouTube if you're using YouTube or what you think about the transparency uh, throughout all of these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, talking about how they rank and um, and how they serve up your ads or your content. Nobody has opinions today. <laughs> Alrighty, so we will move on. I definitely recommend YouTube. Um, you know, for those people who are creating videos, like Kwani said, it is a, a bit of a longer uh, form video format. But the great thing, too, is if you create that longer form video, you can then chop it up and repurpose it. Right. So you're going to have um, one long video and then you can make smaller videos and go over to TikTok or put it on YouTube shorts or put it in your reels. And just like Kwani said, being able to capture people on these different platforms or with these shorter form videos and then move them over to your YouTube so they watch that longer form video uh, is a really, really effective strategy to link people in, to get them hooked on your product or service, or maybe just you you as a brand. Um, you know, People can follow you in those different places. And then of course it helps with SEO, YouTube, Gotta love SEO for YouTube. Um, all right, so moving on, number four, Facebook has launched targeted expansions as they try to counteract Apple's iOS update. So direct from Facebook, uh, it says to help advertisers find additional opportunities that weren't originally available to them when advertisers leverage detailed targeting and optimize for conversions, value, or app events using the conversions objective, they will automatically be included into targeted targeting expansion. So basically, targeting expansion enables Facebook's ad algorithm to show you to show your ads to a broader potential audience than those who fit your specific ad targeting selection. So for those of you who run Facebook ads, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, essentially when you run targeted Facebook ads, you can put in determinants of who exactly you want to see that ad. Things like age, location, and gender, but then also interests, behaviors, um, marital status, you can also um, put job occupation. And so we all know that these big platforms, right, the, the social medias are all 
data collection agencies, just like I talked about with YouTube previously, where they take into consideration what you're watching, what you're liking, what you're disliking, and then also what people are watching that are similar to you. That's what Facebook does is they see the content that you're consuming, that you're double tapping on, that you're commenting on, that you're sharing. They take all of that into consideration and that's the way that they serve you ads. So if you are constantly liking um, things that have Jeeps in them, right? Maybe your friends have Jeeps, maybe you're interacting with hashtag Jeep, you're searching Jeep, you're going to be served ads for Jeeps. So what they want to do um, is just collect that information, but because the new iOS update that allows users to block the amount of information that is being collected, that has severely um, disrupted the ad space and the marketing space when it comes to these social platforms, because that's what they were using, right? Your cookies and all of that kind of fun stuff. So what this targeting expansion does now is when you're putting in those specific criteria for the people that you want to see your ads, what they will do is somebody has to fit within the age, location, and gender, but then with these targeted behaviors, interests, uh, marital status, all of that kind of aspect, those are, they only need to fit into one of uh, those features that you put in, those criteria that you put in. But what the targeting expansion is doing now is taking, basically almost taking that as not a, um, not a end all be all, and they are ex expanding who you're being, who your ad is being shown to. So what they say is you can use this option when you want to show your ad to additional people who we think would get you more and or cheaper results. Our system implements targeting expansion when it determines that doing so could improve your performance. So it's essentially Facebook saying that if you are too targeted or we think that you're missing the boat on something, we are going to show your ads to people that don't fit into that criteria that you have already put in. So one thing to note before I open this up to conversation is the fact that targeting expansion does not apply to age, location, and gender. So no matter what you do, your age, location, and gender criteria that you put in will stay um, as an absolute. Uh, but it does apply to other interests and qualifiers. So targeting expansion is set as the default for most conversion-based ads. And in most cases, you will not be able to opt out. But what you can do is exclude certain audiences and Facebook will not push to them. So if you're saying, okay, fine, Facebook, you're going to show my ads to people that are outside of my criteria, you can say, that's fine, but absolutely under no circumstances show it to people who fit within this realm. So I would love to hear uh, what some people have to say. Did they like it? Did they love it? Did they think that Facebook is just doing their own thing and trying to make a buck? Uh, would love to hear people's reaction about the new targeting expansion uh, for Facebook ads. And also I turned Handraiser on. So if anybody wants to come up that's in the audience and you have uh, some insight or you just want to talk about what we're talking about here today, would love for you to raise your hands. We'll bring you on up. Just make sure that your mic is muted when you get on stage. But yeah, would love to hear what some people have to say about Facebook's uh, new ad targeting options.
There you go. Hi, Maureen. Did you want to weigh in? Maureen, hey, I Ke have a oh. hey Kelsey, it's Kwani. Yeah, thanks, Kwani. Hey, Go ahead. Oh, no problem, no problem. Hey, can you explain to me how Daredevil targeting tactic one more time, please? Yeah, of course. So when you're running Facebook ads, you can put in criteria like age, gender, and location. Oh, okay, Maureen. Good song though, Maureen. Just gonna mute, mute you, love, and we'll come to you next. Um, so when you are doing targeted Facebook ad campaigns, you put in criteria like age, gender, location, right? And those are going to be absolute. But within that, or after that, what you can do is put in things like interest. So let's say, for instance, we want to talk about tech, right? So you want to put in tech, you know, people who have interest in tech in software, in software updates, um, in Silicon Valley. So you can do all of these things uh, or type in all these criteria of people who are interested in um, things that have to do around what you're talking about. So if we're saying, um, you know, maybe I'm trying to sell coffee cups, right? So I'm going to put in people who have interests with coffee, maybe people who have interacted with Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, or um, you know, they visit coffee shops, they interact with coffee um, companies and different uh, pieces of content that have coffee in them, they follow coffee houses. So things like that, that people do online. So they interact with these different types of atmospheres or content, and that's how they are, um, that's how Facebook decides what ads to show them on Facebook and Instagram. So let's say you interact a lot with um, Corona, right? The the beer, Corona. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's not a great example. <laughs> so, so, no, I get is, it. so basically what I'm saying is your your online interactions on these different platforms determine the ads that you see. So when you interact with these different brands, with these different products, you will get served ads when they start running them. So with this new targeted expansion option, what they're doing is saying that's great and all that those are the people that you want to show your ads to, but you may be missing the boat on somebody else that would be interested in your product or your service. So they're going to show your ads to more people that fit outside of that criteria, um, excluding the age gender and location, they will keep those as absolutes, but they will go outside of the demographics that you put in, the interests, the behaviors, um, the occupations. They will push to people that are outside of those criteria if they think that it'll get you a lower cost per click. Does that make sense, Gwani? Yes, it makes perfect sense. My thing is um, that push Will that push be organic to the individual that's seeing it, or will it be forced? So it is going to say sponsored on it, so it will say that it is, in fact, an ad, and people can choose to hide the ad, not see the ad, and things like that, um, but it will not look as an organic post. It will say sponsored. Okay. See, my whole thing is... is give the people what they want and personalization of technology 
is essentially what we're all trying to get at. Because just imagine waking up and having a guideline to everything you got going on based off of your thought process. I mean, it's, there's going to be pushback against technology as, as, as we move along, but it is what it is, you know. You either be Netflix or you be Blockbuster. Choose which one you want to be. But everybody has their own opinion. And I like the personalization of technology because it fits in with the person. And it's actually a digital assistant. Like, I have two digital assistants, uh, Siri and Amy. And, you know, sometimes I know the technology is still new or whatever, but, like, man, it's, it's, it's so beneficial for me to have things set up digitally that I didn't really take a lot of time doing or it's set up for me just because a message or I was doing something and I needed that notification or I would have forgot. <clears throat> I think I heard a statistic saying that we now in a, in a modern day, a modern era right now, we process more information in a certain amount of months or a certain amount of days than people processed in their whole life or it would have took them like a, a hundred years to process. So all this information, like, like our brains are powerhouses and supercomputers and, and it can take all this. It's just that can it retain everything at the specific time it needs to be retained. So these digital assistants and personalizing the technology of the individual and the individual area is, 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 is great. You know, as long as it's what I want, when I want it, how I want it. So I know I don't have too much pushback against uh, personalizing of technology because everybody is an individual, has different settings. So, you know, I, I just like to keep it organic and give the people what they want. So uh, it's a little bit of give and take, and I take things with a grain of salt so far as technology is introduced. But I embrace it, you know. Um, they set the game. We want to win at the game. We got to play the game that they set up and not complain about the rules because it's, it's what they created. And if we want to thrive on that platform, then that's what we have to do or make your own. So, Kwani Burks, and I'm done speaking for you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really great point, Kwani. And at first when I heard it, I was kind of eh about it because I was like, you know what? You know, what? It, why are they showing it to people? I don't necessarily say, tell them more or less that. I want them to see this. You know, I, I know my target market, blah, 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 whatever. Right. But just, but then I started to think about it and they have all the data kind of just like how you said, we got to play the game by their rules. So if Facebook has all the data, then they actually know a lot better than I do what people want or what they're looking for. So they may have certain targeted data that I am unaware about my target audience so if i think that you know my oh hey there's tony with the keys hey <laughs> um but they have all of the data that they can look at right so i may be thinking that my target audience is in one place when they're actually in another so for me i think that this extra push um is a good thing because they'll you know obviously they want to keep costs per clicks down because they've obviously seen people migrate away from facebook ads since the new apple ios ios update but what i think that they're really going to be able to do is open us up to new markets uh and to different um different people that we may not have thought about different uh areas or not areas but 
different um, type of demographics that we can type in, tap into. So I think that this is going to be super interested. I'm very intrigued to see how my ads and the ads for my clients run, uh, but would love to open this up if anybody else has opinions. Uh, Tony with the keys, go for it, bud. What's up, Kelsey? How you doing? I'm great now that you're here, Tony. Awesome, awesome. I've been here. I've been listening. I've been out here shooting shots at the court, but um, this part just kind of made me think about something. Um, and and I think about like long form and how Facebook is really trying to get into long. Like they they've been kind of in it, but but really starting to get into long form with the uh, the gaming and different things like that. And I'm thinking like about the ad space on the gaming side of things that people really don't even think about um, is is a thing, but it's huge. It's a huge market um, and and huge category that's that Facebook is really going to war with like your Twitches and and uh, and YouTube's with you know like with with the whole gaming thing. So I think that it's a uh, it's an interesting idea that you may be in a in an audience you know, getting some ad space and an audience that's that's actually there and actually watching, like tuned in for long periods of time. And uh and and that may be even a target that that, you know, may come up is is or that you can try to at least search, you know, gaming. I, I always put in stuff like, you know, they watch Shark Tank or or they watch this show or, you know, like stuff like that 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 speaks to a certain type of person that would that would watch even that uh type of show. Um, you know, as, as far as my targeting and stuff, they like this, you know, uh, but, but I was just thinking about the gaming side of things and how Facebook is really starting to pour you, you had talked about it, uh, the other day, how Facebook is really starting to pour into the gaming. And so I just, uh, I think that's an interesting spa uh, space yeah. for ads too, because it's a lot longer form. Yeah. Go for it, Kwani. Hey, so yeah, Tony, man, you brought up something that's that's very interesting. My kids play this thing called uh, Roblox, and I probably spend like ten, twenty dollars a week on Ro Robux and Tokaboka and Tokaboka money and all this Robux. But thing is, what I've noticed while I'm, while I'm watching them play this game is they got different scenarios and settings, and musical artists are putting their music on there. And it's different, interesting music. And I'm like, man, that's a good marketing technique. You got all these kids. Because if, if you can get your song to be listened to by kids and marketed for kids, like, that's golden right there. So that marketing through video games, man, that's a competitive edge that a lot of people probably need to look at. So I'm glad you brought that up. And, and even Facebook with the game, and they probably seen it through Robux. Like, I'm pretty sure Robux... Uh, net worth is going crazy right now because they create spaces like like you said Shark Tank. They'll probably have a world on Roblox. It's it's just these avatars and you go to different worlds. That's all about Shark Tank and you got to compete in a contest to try to win your idea. They'll create that just just for the like the, the like in case anybody is playing or a parent is kids playing. They're like oh that's interesting. I'll start playing it now and start marketing through video games. So that is very interesting. So. That's all I wanted to add. Yeah, and Tony, I, I agree. I think you brought up a really great point because we were seeing, you know, a few years ago that the market space, uh, when it came to ads, 
was really getting exhausted, right? There was only so much you could put in the newsfeed and there's only so much space in the stories. Um, and then they started doing these other features like the gaming aspect, like these other, you know, the watch platform and things like that. So they were now actually not only creating that sense of community, but also adding places that they could continue to serve ads. They, Facebook essentially made more space to put more ads in because it was it was getting hard to get your ad seen, right? Because there's only so much space. But then they created things like the gaming and now with the longer form videos, just like you brought up with these live streaming gaming um, and these communities that they're making, they can now serve an ad. You know, there's people that are on for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hours, right? And so that's seven hours of space where you can pop an ad in every 15 minutes or something like that. So Tony, I think that was a really, really great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Does anybody want to weigh in before we pop over to the next one? Hey, anybody want to talk? Yeah, Tony, go for it. Um, I was just, I was just thinking like, you know, with all this ad space and, and ideas that we're discussing, like um, it might be a really good time for an audio ad. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> with a so with, was that like CTR with a quick <laughs> with a quick room reset. Yeah, I mean, you know what's you know what's so to funny, Tony, is I was gonna see if anybody else had um a, a thing to pop it and say, and then I was gonna do it. But Tony, if you want to reset, I'm here for it. No, I want you, I, I want you to reset. I I don't have the script. I know the reset, <laughs> but I don't have the script. There's a script, and I was just thinking about like ads and then i start thinking about audio and how everybody's really going to audio and the audio idea and then like a targeted ad on on the audio space like you know uh especially once this thing becomes like a paid thing like uh if if ever it does you know if ever it becomes a paid like there's a paid uh audio app or something like that where there are ads and if you don't pay then you hear the ad if you if you're you know just just the my that's where my mind went and I was like oh Glenn kind of put a uh, an audio ad together so um it might be a good it's, space for for room reset it's true so um you know Tony if you're learning so much from this room today just imagine how much you'll gain when we're together in person in Lexington, Kentucky, November 5th through 7th for the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference. Glenn Lundy will be celebrating his 1,000th episode of the Hashtag Rise and Grind, featuring so many of your favorite Breakfast with Champions speakers and spearheaded by Tamara, who is on the lookout for your Hashtag 67 Day Challenge check-ins. If you're one of the more than 900 people in this community doing the challenge. We are so proud of you. And if you haven't started yet, it is not too late. Go to breakfastwithchampions.live for the link and you can sign up now. So how did I do, Tony? I loved it. Like, so that's what I'm talking about. I love that idea of having an ad, you know, like that, that pops up that's for the for the space and, and that resonates with people and, and, and a great opportunity you know, like it's it's such a great opportunity for us to come together, and so it just it fits everything, and I love that. Um, you you did awesome. It it was perfect, perfectly segued. I just I love it, and uh, imagine music behind that, like a little like, uh, 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 oh man, just crazy. So 
there's so many ideas for ads and ways that we can bring them to life. And so I, I, I appreciate the conversation, Kelsey. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think the cool thing, too, is a lot of people that use their podcasting and their Roadcaster Pro, Georgina Love, I'm just going to mute you real quick. Um, you know, the people that use their podcasting equipment and the Roadcaster Pros to come on Clubhouse, they're going to have those features like we we hear Trevor do when he does his game and he has all of his music lined up and all that fun stuff. You know, I think that there's going to be opportunity within clubhouse specifically but all these other audio apps as well to have kind of like your your radio resets or your your radio ads that are a little bit more uppity and fun and done in our voices the people that you're connecting with and that you're coming here to have these conversations with i absolutely think that that's next steps on where this is going and how you're going to be able to partner with brands and monetize off of this app and the other social audios that are being created. So Tony, I think that you brought up a really, really great point. Uh, and thank you for joining in on the conversation. All righty. So on to, I've got about nine minutes left. So I have my last tip is Instagram is trying out their version of Snap Map, which is called Map Search in Australia and New Zealand. So I don't know if anybody in here is from Australia or New Zealand, but I'd love to hear about it. So if anybody has Snapchat, you know Snap Map, which essentially shows you different places um, on the map and stories that are being uploaded in those areas. So Instagram is going to have their version of it, which is called Map Search. So this feature enables users to discover businesses and locations of interest on an in-app map, and they can find information that each, that, um, each business has listed, as well as public posts from that tagged location. So users with the access to the new option are being prompted to tap on the map icon in the top right of their Discover tab, which right. then connects them to the map search experience. And then from there, they highlight cafes, restaurants primarily, but they also do things like shops and entertainment venues and other things like that. So essentially, when you go into the map feature, you'll see different location markers. And when you tap on the markers, you'll see more information about the business, like their hours of operation, their address, their price info. I mean, we see that on some of these other search options, whether it's you know $1 sign, $3 signs, expensive. Um, so you'll see their price information as well as uh, their Instagram profile and a grid display of their public posts that are tagged in the location. So not only are you going to get the business's information, but you're also going to see posts from other people that have tagged that location. So Instagram has also brought back their location stories, which I found interesting, but also makes sense to help fuel this new map search feature. Um, and they did get rid of the location stories um, back in October. It was part of their the features that they cut down on when it came to the election. And it's not quite out there yet when the map search will be fully rolled out to everyone. Like I said, it's just in Australia and New Zealand now. But I think that this is super interesting. First off, you know, no surprise that Facebook and Instagram are taking features from other platforms. But I also think that as far as discoverability is concerned for businesses, 
this is going to be huge. Um, you know, with the ads that I just talked about, you can do geo-targeting, which means people who either live in the area or are traveling to the area can get served with your ads. But this is going to allow people to easily come across you in an organic way. We all know organic search um, is a little bit more difficult to push forward. So what this map search is gonna do is be able to show your location um, to people who are around you or who are maybe searching in the area for things to do. Um, I don't know anybody else, but I actually will go on my Google Maps and I'll zoom in to what's around me so I can look for, you know, maybe a coffee shop or someplace to get lunch or whatever it is. Uh, so I think that this feature is super interesting and is going to be extremely helpful for businesses who are especially trying to drive maybe foot traffic to their brick and mortars or have an online store on their Instagram where people can then direct shop from there if they see things that they like. So would love to open these last five minutes up to conversation uh, about what people think about the new map search that has been rolled out in Australia and New Zealand. Are you interested in it? Do you want to know more about it? Uh, and I just heard somebody unmic. Maybe I didn't. It was me. Oh, <laughs> hi, Kwani. Go for Kwani it. Kwani again. Kwani Burks again. Um, it's, it's interesting because it's just like uh, how back in the day people used to use hand maps. You open up these maps, and it's so much more immersive when you can see the surroundings and you have the, um, uh, what do they call it, landmarks where you can kind of get a feel of the environment and see what's going on. So just imagine that but more digitized and more immersive. And it's essentially as if you're like a giant, um, essentially like you're a giant just scrolling through a specific region. So um, it's, it's kind of like taking what people used to do and what was old and useful and just digitizing it and making it useful for modern times. So uh, these these things will be more innovative and more innovative. But I, I like uh, what someone once said is that no matter what innovation an app adds, you're always going to be known for like what you came, like what was your, the thing you It, it might seem a little bit convoluted, but it, it, it's it's there for the options. They, they they just don't want you to get off your platform. That's all it is. They just don't want you to get off. But it, it's a, that idea specifically is is cool, and and marketing is king. So the more the the more you can drown the the uh, seeker into what they're 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 looking for, whatever that is, the better. So um, it's just interesting how technology pretty much pulls things from the past and it makes them more immersive. Um, I'm pretty sure this is all moving towards a fully virtual world. So, I mean, if anybody want to step into the virtual world space, it's probably super early, but it's the next big thing. So, Kwani Burks, and I'm done speaking. Yeah, Kwani. Uh, Christy, I saw you. Mike Flash, did you want to add in? No, I was just clapping for what he said. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Kwani, I mean, I think it's uh, super, super interesting. 
um, when it's when you, you see the the kind of full circle, right? So now you're getting, um, you know, the the accessibility, and I think this is going to be huge for restaurants in particular because I know, you know, if I'm making brunch plans with my girlfriends or something like that, you know, I'm looking for things that, you know, posts that they're tagged in. I'm looking at their Instagram and things like that. So now if I'm, let's say, walking around and I'm looking for a place for lunch, I can just whip out Instagram. I can tap on a couple different locations. I can see the restaurants that are in those areas. I can see the tagged posts that people um, tag them in and I can get a feel for the vibe of the restaurant, for the food and all that stuff. So I think um, especially for the restaurant industry, who we know has struggled a bit uh, last year, this is going to be huge and it's going to be uh, a tool that they can use that is going to be absolutely phenomenal to help with foot traffic as well as desirability of, you know, if I'm going to an area maybe that I haven't been to before and I want to see what's going on, I can just pull up my map and I can look in that area and see what's around and what's hot and what people are going to. So I think that's a great um, a great point. Does anybody, I got one minute left, maybe like 45 seconds. Does anybody else want to tap in on the new map search that was rolled out in Australia, New Zealand? Hey, Kelsey, can you hear me? And Hello. Hi, I can hear you. Go ahead, Kentucky. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on? This is Kentucky Dom, y'all. I am chiming in all the way from Anchorage, Alaska. So if I'm talking quiet, it's because everybody's still sleeping in the house. <laughs> um, so um, I think this is a really cool topic because um, I own a tech company and I have partnerships with um, uh, companies like AT&T and Dish Network and ADT Security and Usenet. And something they always talk about is um, ways that we can get more foot traffic. And we deal with a lot of um, rural customer, customers. And a lot of times, you know, we'll have people call us. And if they find us on social media from ads, um, you know, they'll call us and say, hey, you know, what's the address? How do we get to your location? And so I think that this is a really cool feature um, that'll even benefit um, companies like, um, well, with Dish Network, they don't really have a lot of uh, storefronts. So they're not like an AT&T where, you know, you can just walk into the store and, you you know, they're all over the place. Um, a lot With Dish Network, they kind of allow the retailers to decide whether or not they want to have a storefront or not. And so um, I think that this is a really cool feature. But one thing I want to add about you know, ad searches and social media, uh, one thing that I do know is social media is like a wave. And if you, you know, don't ride the wave, then you're going to get sucked in and, you know, you're going to fall off the, the board. And so I feel like, um, you know, if you don't change, you don't grow. If you're not willing to, you know, learn the new ways of social media, um, it's not going to wait for us. Um, and I think that, uh, features like this are only going to make businesses better. And what I've seen in the past is normally when companies that work with, you know, Dish Network and AT&T, other retailers that I've worked beside, they usually end up either going out of business or, you know, being one of the, you know, the tadpoles in the industry. 
And so um, I think this is a great feature. I think it's going to be great for a lot of businesses. And I am talking too much. So there you go. <laughs> no worries, but I appreciate your way in on this. I don't think you were talking too much at all. And it, it's a great point. You know, you definitely have to get on social media, the trends, the different uh, features that they roll out. You want to be on top of that game. I totally, totally agree. So thank you for popping in on that. And that is all the more reason why you should come hang out with us here on the social media show on Thursdays at 11, where I give you all of your social media updates but with that being said i am gonna pass this over my hour is complete thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions if you want to catch the live version you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time monday through friday saturday 6 to noon and sundays with our 111 sunday service make sure you're keeping up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.